Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And welcome once again, everybody, to the Propreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dino Watt. Excited to have you here again for another episode where we're bringing you experts in their field to help you become better in yours. And today, I'm very excited because this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. As many of you know, anybody who's listened to this show for any period of time knows that I started my entire career off focusing on people's relationships, specifically their marriages, and specifically with people who kind of were at a higher end job. They were speakers and authors and doctors and lawyers and people who were being very successful in what they did, but might not have been as successful inside of their marriage. And I created the program, The Business of Marriage, where we helped people understand how to balance the two of those together. And I met somebody who is like a kindred spirit, who's somebody totally gets this and is doing this on a bigger level than I ever did. And I'm super excited to have her here today. Our guest is Patty Ann Tiblin, and she is going to share with us all of her expertise and intelligence on how you can. And I love this title of her book, which isn't the only book, but the title of the book, we could title maybe the podcast this, Not Tonight, Dear, I've Got a Business to Run. So smart. I love that title. It's a great title. Patty, welcome to the show. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. And what I, one of the reasons why I'm so excited is because Dino and I share the same passion. It's helping people be successful in business and in their personal lives, right? Because we, we, especially women, we are all given this false choice, right? You can have it all. Yes, you can. Dino has it all. I have it all. Well, and we're not special. <laughs> well, you know, we have a family. We have a successful yeah, yeah, business. We yeah. didn't say perfect. Right. Right. We didn't say right. the best looking. We didn't say the richest. Right. But we have what we want. That's right. And that's all that matters. Well, for me, it's it's going back to that whole thing about uh, having, you know, people talk about having balance. How do you balance your life? How do you balance that? I don't actually believe in that. My philosophy is, is flow is that you're going to, you can be in flow in one place or another. And sometimes just like going into a river, you can walk into the river and you're just like ankle deep. That water's not really messing with you, even though the flow, the current's going, you go into knee deep, you're feeling it a little bit more waist deep. All of a sudden you really start feeling it chest deep. You're trying to battle against the current. And I think that there are certain times in our life where maybe I'm in my, you know, relationship or my focus of my relationship is only knee deep because I'm focusing so deep into my business and to have the flow and understand that it's okay to talk about, this is the area I'm focusing on. I'm not forgetting this. I'm not giving up on this, but balance to me seems like a lot of work and I don't like to work very hard. So hopefully that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I love the concept of flow, right? Because if you think about a river flowing, Mm -hmm. if something gets, if there's a boulder in the water, right? It gets backed up. But I know, I know people don't like the word balance. I don't have an issue with it Uh only because I look at it as within the span of your life, not Uh at a specific moment in time. That makes sense. So for example, when I was raising my four kids and, you know, doing my work and writing my book, you know, I had this conversation with my husband. We said with my kids, Listen, when I come home from work, I'm going to be writing my book at night a little bit and on the weekends, like not every breaking minute of the weekend, but they will, it, it, it will put, a, I will be putting a little bit more into my profession right. 
during my personal time than I normally would like to. That's it's right. It's short-lived. It's for this very specific reason. And everybody was, was involved with it, including friends. Like, I can't go out because right. I need to do this. So, so you could suggest I that agree. at that moment I wasn't in balance, but I'm not doing it now. Yeah. Right. No, that's that's exactly what I believe, too, is that what you did is you enrolled your husband and the kids in this idea that you're working on this thing. I talk about as you I know you recently read my book as in the beginning of there of saying, like, don't say your family is the most important thing. If in that time period, it's it's not not that they're not important, mm -hmm. but that I'm going to put my focus on writing my book or, Hey, for the next three years, I'm going to really be building my business up so that we can have the next 30 years to do the things we want to do, you know, type right. thing, but that open communication and enrolling people, especially your family members. But also I love how you talk about with your friends. Hey, this is what we're focused on. So don't be offended. If I turn you down from coming, coming right. to your party or going out with you this weekend, it's not you. It's I'm just focusing on this thing. Don't forget about me. I don't want you to not invite me, but just know that I might not be able to make it because I'm working on this thing. Right. And especially you work with orthodontists, dentists, yes, right? Yes. Medical professionals in particular, but most professionals. Right. They, they, they spend an inordinate amount of time when they are in dental school, in training, mm -hmm. right? But it is for the future. It is for the life they want in the future. They'll right. look back on it in 20 years out of school and be like, I don't know how I did it. Well, your focus has shifted, right? right? So even though you were prioritizing your family is important to you, your marriage is important to you, at that specific moment in time, you got to pass these classes or yeah. you're not going to have the life that you thought you would. That's right. Well, this is great. We've already gone off to a good start, but we haven't started the way we normally start this show, which is oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, it's, uh, no, it's good. It's totally me. Hey, I, the, the show is a conversation. That's how, what I always okay. want it to be. But I always like to ask because I believe stories are what connect all of us. I'd love to hear what's your story. Tell us your background. Tell us how you got to doing what you're doing uh, and, and entertain us with that. Okay. All right. So I'll give you the Reader's Digest version if yes. people are mature enough to Remember Reader's Digest, right? <laughs> yeah, so, here, totally. so, so here's the skinny. I think they call it the skinny now. So, um, so I have two master's degrees, a doctorate in clinical psychology. Um, my books came later and mm. I was doing traditional marriage therapy, if you will, with a couple that the husband was an entrepreneur mm. and we were working on, which I've always worked on, relationship mm. skills. And at this particular moment, as you know, Dino, What's the big one? Communication, totally. right? It determines the overall quality of your life. No, no doubt. I was helping them with the communication. And the wife turned to the husband, who was the entrepreneur, and said, Bill, this is what your company needs. This is what your leadership mm. needs. And he turned to me and he said, can you do this for me? And I'm like, I don't like total me. I, I don't know. I don't, can I do this? <laughs> so I said, let me think about it. And, and that really began my journey of becoming a coach and a consultant. And then I went and I got, you know, the coaching certifications, because it's not the same as therapy. It's in many ways different. There's a common denominator of skill sets. Like my formal education has taught me about human behavior, human motivation, right? What makes people tick, but the coaching concept is going forward, whereas therapy is like a disease model. Mm. So I don't prefer that, right? right. I like yeah. going forward and, and helping. So 
that's when I started to, to coach and consult. And it's all about relationship skills that drive the bottom line. It helps you with your individual performance, optimize it, and your team performance. Because just like in a practice, right? If you have one person in your dental office that is sort of kind of a curmudgeon, mm. they, drink, they bring the energy of the entire office down. You almost are driving into work thinking, I hope they call in sick. Right. Like, that's that, that's who flag. I call my staff infections. Right. Yeah. Red, red flag. Exactly. So anyway, so I, I just love the whole aspect. Like there's two aspects to business, right? right. One is the business, whatever yep. it is. And the other are the relationships. And I used to say it's 50-50 and a really, really smart guy from Genius Network, how we know each other said to me, may I correct you? I said, sure. He goes, it's 80% relationships. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, especially, uh, so we're having this conversation. I want to, I want to get back to, I want to actually find out a little bit more of your backstory of why did you care so much about relationships that you wanted to talk to people about them. But and what you just said is so important to understand because right now I believe in our industry, and I think in, in a lot of industries, we're going into more of, as Tony Robbins says, a winter where we're going to see a lot more of people hunkering down. We might not see as uh, high uh, growth as we're as, as we had in the last couple of years, even with COVID and all that. And I think the thing that gets you through the hard times isn't your business skill and acumen. It's necessary. You need to have it. Absolutely. But it's how you have treated people beforehand and how you're treating them now. It's the relationships that are going to get you through the winters. It's not the business acumen. That's my opinion. But let me go back. Why did you, what made you think Oh, I want to talk to people about their relationships and help them improve that. What, where did that come from? Have you always cared about relationships? Has it been something that comes easy to you? What? Okay. So I do think it comes easy to me. And, and if I may say this in all sincerity, I joke, but I mean, it is it's my gift, right? Mm. I don't have a lot of gifts. Can't cook, can't clean, can't <laughs> sew, can't sing. I'm teeny. So I love to play sports, but good luck with that. Um, I always knew I wanted to help people. I mm. always wanted to be in the helping profession. I never wanted to be on Wall Street. I never cared a lick about business from the dollar perspective, which is sort of kind of interesting because I help businesses, yeah. but I help them make more money because I help them improve their relationships. 100%. You know, so I don't, I didn't know how I would get here. I did want to go to medical school. And then what happened was this is, you know, the sad song. My father had passed away. There was no money. I guess I really didn't want it badly enough. Right. Mm. I'd gotten a scholarship to college, but I was, believe it or not, I was an athlete and my sport was year round. I was a swimmer and I had to work in the summers to pay for my books. And I couldn't work. I mean, I, I, uh -huh. I couldn't work if I was swimming because you had to do it 12 months. And now I'm going to date myself, Dino, which I don't think I've ever said before in a podcast like this. At the time, I was the first group, which is the first three women that worked at the federal government, the beaches as a lifeguard. Wow. When they passed the law, that makes me sound ancient, but it's not that long ago. When <laughs> I was also the first girl on my block to wear sneakers, which also makes me sound ancient. It's not that long ago, <laughs> but um, the federal government mandated that you have to hire women. Now there was nothing special about me being hired. 
what was special is that my swimming coach was the chief of the lifeguards. So he begrudgingly was like, well, if I have to hire these girls, I might as well hire might the ones I know. I know. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And, but, but I needed to be able to have that money because it was a really good job. Mm. So, um, so, so I ended up, I, I didn't, I didn't swim in college. I ended up, my illustrious career began at NYU because they gave me the most money. It was a really easy formula. And then somewhere along the line, I just, got off. I mean, I did fine, but I just ended up, I have two uh, master's degrees. All, you know, one is in social work, one is in nursing. Um, so I work with a lot of medical professionals, right? Cause I'm also an RN and I truly, I, I understand. So I look at the person, if you look at us as a, as a tripod, right. Mm-hmm. You know, a social, psychological and, and physical, you know, uh-huh. medical. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible, terrible presentation, but we're all we're all connected, and and we know more and more about that connection and how it, it's almost the chicken and the egg. But we have to we can only speak one dimensionally, yeah. but everything is going on in concert, flowing, coming. Like I, I think now we actually really we we all know decisions are emotional. Right. They're emotion based. Yep. Every CEO on the planet will tell you, no, no, just the facts. I'm like, oh, nope. keep thinking that, pal. Yep. Why do you think smart people make dumb decisions? Yep. It's emotion. Yep. Right. So did Absolutely. that answer your question? Yeah. Well, I, I love this. So you had this, you took your career and went to school. Well, you went to school and then decided on the career there. Uh, I am always interested in people's backstories of what pushed them there with doctors. Why did you want to become a doctor? Um, you know, the, as you say, the sad story sometimes jumps in there. Mine was parents divorce who I know how to fix it, but nobody's listening to me because I'm eight, you know, so that type of thing. Um, What I love is we have a very similar story too, in the sense of when somebody said, Ooh, honey, do you need this in your business? Mine was, I was talking to a doctor about his marriage and the doctor was like, this is working great in my marriage, but I'm married to eight other work wives. Can you help me out here? Right. Right. Is there something you can do? Yeah. yeah. And it was like, oh yeah, I bet I could, you know, and yeah. uh, went and dove in that way. So as you're working with these, these higher entrepreneurs, the really understanding how, as you said, I love that you said this, because not a lot of people get this, your bottom line will increase when everyone has the relationship in place. I'm not saying everybody's walking into office every day, singing songs, and there's no, you know, dysfunction in little areas, but understanding how to overcome that dysfunction. Or we put the fun back in the dysfunctional. (laughs) That's right. Putting the fun back in the dysfunctional. That's good. I love that. You know, understanding how to communicate with each other and know that that's the most important thing in any relationship. That's going to increase your bottom line. So let's talk about some of the clients you have had. Oh, um, hang on, hang on. Let yeah. me comment on what you yeah, just said because sure. I know you. I know you talk about this in your book, so I know this is important to you. Yeah. Similar to a marriage, similar to a practice, right? To the the dentist offices, medical offices, law offices. They're all right. In a lot of ways, with all due respect, they're all the same. Yeah, right? absolutely. Is the the whole hidden agenda? Mm-hmm. Right. And that there's a 600 pound gorilla in the middle of the room, but nobody is addressing it. If you don't have transparency, you don't communicate about it. You do not have an office that's functioning based on trust. So what happens? Things go underground. Things aren't said. There's backbiting. There's backstabbing. There's behind, you know, channeling. Yep. You're not you're not going to make the money that you think you could. 
take everything I just said and apply that to your marriage. Yeah. You're not going to have the relationship. You're not going to have the happiness. It's going to look marriage is work. Make no mistake about it. It's hard enough. Don't keep an albatross around your neck. Help yourself out here. Well, it's funny because I, when I first started doing the marriage uh, side of things, I would, I would think about the different ways that we as a society really look at marriage or even suggest things about marriage. And um, I would talk about this idea that marriage is work and marriage is work, as you just said. And I love how you, how you separated the two statements. Marriage is work. Things are hard enough. Why, you know, like, let's not overcomplicate it, if you will. Let's give yourself the ability to, I, I would often use this analogy of, you know, two young kids getting married and, you know, they're in their early twenties and everybody's excited for them. And they go to their, you know, grandparents or the people that know have been married the longest. Hey, what's the secret? How can we, how can we keep in there? Oh, it's a lot of hard work. And I thought, well, how funny is it that we as a society, when they're dating, it's like, go have fun, kids, enjoy yourself, have a great time. And then the moment you say, I'm committed to this and I'm, oh, a lot of hard work. It's like, well, okay, but what if it was just work and we didn't make it that it was going to be like this terrible, hard, terrible thing? As you said, life is hard. Let's give ourselves the tools to make the work as easy as it can be. Let's learn how to communicate better so that even when stuff happens, we actually have the tools to not make it hard work, but, oh, it's work time. Okay. Now I got to pull out the tool to go to work here. I don't consider my work hard. I don't consider coming into work every single day as a hard thing, or I wouldn't do it. Well, here's the thing. A couple of comments on what you said. Yeah. So it's work, but have the tools to know how to work the work. Yeah. Right. And, and so I have to admit, I love weddings. Like invite me to your wedding. Any listener invite me to your wedding. I don't even have to know you. I will be there. You can ask my husband. I will go. I will love it. I will enjoy it. And I, (laughs) Sit there thinking you have no idea what you yes doing. like I'm oh, not naive to so think cute. you know they live happily up <laughs> there but I love the concept of love and now when you say about the grandparents so I have four children the, my oldest are identical twin boys I don't know if I told you that Dina no I didn't know that. one of them well one one just got married the other one's getting married in July but when he called us up to tell us he was get you know he was going to ask his fiance. You know, fiance to get married who I love 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 he's he you know we, we said whatever we said and then he said well any advice and I'm thinking I'm thinking what are you asking me for oh wait I'm your mother and I'm an expert <laughs> I, in this. That's oh, what okay, I, do. I get it <laughs> so, so I had to think though and I said you know what don't sweat the small stuff and keep yes. your sense of humor right that's right and 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 most of it is small stuff yep real real is so you get married, you're young, whatever age that young is, it doesn't matter from mm-hmm. the perspective of the trick to marriage is to allow the individual within the marriages to grow and grow apart Yes. while staying connected. Yes, like I love that. Moron, but it's not. Well, no, it's not. And this is, that drives me nuts when people say, oh, we grew apart. Well, you're supposed to grow. Like, did you? when people say, I want to get back, like they're struggling in their marriage and they'll say, oh, I want to get back to how it used to be. No, no you, you don't. don't. You want to you go not want to be a stupid 22 year old. You don't No, You want to think right. forward. The idea is to celebrate the growth of your spouse. I think that's one of the most important things that I have learned. And, and I've been so grateful for my wife and what she's done is 
we haven't always had, you know, I haven't made the best decisions in my business. So we haven't always had money, any of that type of stuff. But I was on a constant growth pattern. And there are times, and you, I know you've heard this before, where people will say, I'm working on myself. I'm, you know, learning all this information. Maybe I'm going to, you know, personal development, all this stuff, but they're not. So we're going to grow apart. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't, as long as you're working on yourself, why are you worried about them? Just celebrate where they are. Let them celebrate you where you are. And like you said, the non-oxymoron of grow apart, but do it together. I love that. Right. So, so let me give a great example. Look, and I'm really lucky because my husband is like amazing. Like I'm the pain in the ass to live with. Right. He <laughs> is amazing. It's true. It's, uh, it's the same me. in my marriage. Since Jen's not here, I can say that she's the pain uh, in the ass. I'm... I don't know how he puts up with me. I love him, love him, love him. But like my joke is if he came home to a home cooked meal, he would think somebody died. Right. Right. Because, like it's just, it's, it, like, remember, wait a minute. I said it here? <laughs> not one of my gifts, not a gift. Right. But here's an example of what what we're talking about in terms of supporting each other. As I was leaving this morning, and we talked about this before we got on the call, I have a call tonight at 8.30. Like Mm. not not my favorite thing to do at 8. Like 8.30, Jeopardy's over. I'm sort of kind of getting ready to unwind. Yep, yep. Yes, I'm old. I watch Jeopardy, but I did Uh it forever. Anyway, I said to him, oh, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. You know, I have this call. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll come home for dinner. He goes... Well, do you want me to just bring dinner to your office for you? Would that make Aww. it easier? And I'm just like, where'd this guy come from? Like, what a good guy. But but I could give you a million. Honestly, I don't know if I would think, I shouldn't say this, but I don't know if I would think to do that if the shoe were on the other foot. No. I'd be like, yeah, you'll figure it out. Don't worry. Right, <laughs> right. But that's why I, I think- It made my day. It made but, my day. Yeah, of course it did. And it's that that- knowing the other person is thinking of you in another way or, or, or just thinking of you. Right. And having that, well, it was about me, not about him. Yeah. Yeah. Made it about me. I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Okay. So let's turn a little bit and let's talk about when you're talking with these, uh, these, these business owners, these CEOs, and you deal a lot with really some high end, high powered people. Um, what makes their problems or challenges in their marriages any different than anyone else's? They're not. I know. Here's oh, trick question. Thanks, Dino. <laughs> Glad I passed. Here's the difference. I will tell you the difference. And it and it is actually very much a challenge. I know you're not supposed to use the word problem, but trust me, it's a real problem for these people. Mm. It's a real challenge. Mm. And here, here's what it is. And I and and this is why I'm hired nobody will speak truth to power to these people. Mm. I do. I tell them, look, don't hate me because I'm beautiful, but here's the scoop. Right. right? Or do you want the, do you want the 13 years of college response? Or do you want the kid from Brooklyn response? Right. Which one do you want? Right. And then I say my thundering velvet hand comment is what I call it. Thundering velvet hand. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mo, I think that might have been from James Taylor. I'm sure I stole it from someone. There's no way I was that creative. <laughs> but um, it's an issue because let's say you have a really high functioning executive at work. And actually, actually, I had, an, I had a CEO say this to me. I have, Patty, and 400 people that the minute I walk, back when you used to go to work, 
the minute I walk into the building at work, they will do anything I ask and they will anticipate it. So like I had an executive once say in passing, she happened to mention she liked Diet Coke. The next day, her refrigerator was filled with Diet Coke. It's like, right. a, it's like you know, yep. let's kiss the more ass here, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. He said, I go home and my wife is like, can you take the garbage out? And I'm like, yep. wait a minute, wait yep. a minute. I walk on water. Now you're asking. And that discrepancy can be very difficult for successful people and throw in a boatload of money. Unfortunately, people want your money or they want, and I don't mean it in the Machiavellian way, but you know, Oprah, honestly, I'm not like, all right, all right, Oprah said, you know, you know who will ride the limousine with you, but who's gonna take the bus with you? Right, right. right? So right. people want access to a lifestyle, they want, and I get that, mm -hmm. you know, it's nice to go to a Michelin sure. restaurant, but so so you the, the hidden agendas with the people in your life sometimes run much deeper. Actually, I am working with the CEO's wife right now. And the CEO said to me, and he was very tentative, can you help my wife with this? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. He sent me an email after about eight, eight weeks working with her. He said, you're right, Patty, and you have no hidden agenda. I'm like, I don't. Yeah. There's nothing I want from you. I, I, I don't care. I know people have a lot more money than you. It's okay. Like, right, yeah. No, I, I, I love that because one of the things that I, I had to do, and I don't know if you came in, uh, into this when I was first starting out, is I, I, have, I, I actually probably did have an agenda back then is I just wanted everybody to be happy. Like I'm a contributor. That's wow. my why. My why is to contribute to a greater cause. And so I always want to help. And when it's not working, I feel personally responsible for it. And I remember being really stressed about a particular couple one time and they weren't doing the work I was asking them to do. They weren't doing the, getting the reps in, if you will. And I remember talking to Shannon about it that night and she just stopped me and she said, you know, do you know, you can't care for their success and want for their success more than they do. More than they do. And suddenly I was like, oh gosh, that's totally true. Like that lifted so much weight off of me. And that created that idea that you just said is like, I don't have an agenda. I don't have a dog in this fight. I just, uh, if anything, I want you to get what you say you want. Mm -hmm. You say you want to be happy. You say you want to connect more. You say you want to not destroy your marriage. That I want that for you too, but I can't be responsible for that. Right? Well, you can't want it for them more than they want it for yeah. themselves. Yeah. Here's the flip side. Well, maybe it's not the flip side, but another aspect is working. And I work with a lot of business partners. And if you, if there's orthodontists listening, if you went into business with another partner, you know full well that's like yeah. that. Oh, all the time. Right? If, and if it's your dad or your mom, even bring on the family dynamics, yep. right? Yep. But um, what what will happen is people will say, "Well, I want out. I'm done. Why? Because I am miserable. I'm unhappy." I'm like, take a breath. Are you sure you're you're unhappy because of the relationship? Because what if you leave the relationship? What if you divorce your business partner and you're still unhappy? Yeah. So you might you you might be hard, you might be working on the wrong issue. So well, now what do we do? We look in the mirror. Yeah, and that's the hardest part, right? I mean, you've I'm sure you've heard this come across as too is that um there was I can't remember where it was. Years ago I read uh, some research around for the most part when people are unhappy in their relationships, if they would if about five years is about the length of that unhappiness before they realize, ah, you know, I was really wasn't that bad. If they stick it yeah. out for about yeah. five years, 
I have friends now who have unfortunately, uh, some of our best friends, they, they were divorced a couple of years ago and it was this really kind of traumatic thing, but both of them have told us in private, man, it's not worth it. We should have just stayed together. So that is so interesting. You just said that because, um, sometimes you, you change one set of stressors for another. Yeah. Now, of course, barring, you know, abuse, physical, yeah. oh, 100%. right. And, and look, I had a dentist I work with. He had to divorce his par- business partner because he was committing fraud. Right. My, my person paid the IRS money he didn't make, but wow. this guy just did the right thing. He was just an amazing human being. Mm. Right. But, but this person I was talking to has four little kids. The youngest is two. I said, wait a minute, just slow down. Right. And the profession, all that stuff. Do you know how difficult your life is going to be as a single parent? Mm. I'm not saying, please don't anyone misinterpret or misunderstand me. Right. But, but don't trade one set of unhappiness for a boatload of other unhappiness because now you're dealing with daycare child care you can't just run visitation out get- custody and uh, you know child attorneys. Support, attorneys oh no absolutely right man so- i i can't agree with you more on that penny ann because I but wrote I don't the, want people to think we're saying to stay together if you're miserable. No, but maybe I, I, the misery I, is is coming yes. from a different source. That's exactly right. Right. As, uh, the question is, would you want to be married to you? Right. Like, <laughs> like right. I, I, I used to do a speech years and years ago. And in the speech, I talked about how as a child of divorce, the things I never wish I knew that I had to learn, like the words child support, custody, visitation, you know, all of those things, uh, alimony, like those are things an eight-year-old shouldn't need to understand and know what it is, right? And so you just bringing in a whole nother set of problems. You think this, the immediate fix is get rid of the problem and it's not, it's adding more to it. I want to back up to what you said too, a little bit ago, which is so great that you say this because I use almost the same analogy Typically with when I had a couple of uh, speakers, um, authors, people who are on stages and stuff, and the same idea of they spend their days going on stage and everybody applauding at what they're saying and everything they say is brilliant. And they're writing notes down of what they're saying. And this person is so smart. I'm going to quote him tomorrow on Instagram. And then they go home. And it's the wife just saying, so take the trash out or like, I'm not going to applaud for you when you do what you're supposed to do at the house, you know, that is, and they, the only one that preached you is the dog. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's such a mind freak that there's got to be sensitivity to that, right? Like it is right. a weird world to live in, whether you're a speaker or you're a CEO where people will literally do anything you want them to do. And you go home and you're for lack of a better word, just dad or just husband. My brother, but just, wife, but just, wife. just wife. Yeah. My right. brother is a, um, he's a, uh, the, he's the, one of the main, uh, what's it called? I want to say custodians, but anyway, he works for the federal government. He's a main probation officer. Sorry. Oh. But years ago, he used to work at a big prison. I want a really maximum security prison. Talk about and- a whole subculture going on there. What's that? Talk about a whole subculture yeah. in prisons. That's a whole other conversation. Well, but what he was, what he would say was same type of ideas. He would go to work and literally have hardened prisoners 
murderers who, if he told them, because he was, you know, working on their programs or whatever, if he told them they all had to stand on the table and do the hokey pokey, they would have to do it. But he goes home and tells his kid to clean the room and no one's listening to him. Right. Right. So it it is a bit of a mind freak. And so those are challenges that come up inside of these relationships and and understanding how to deal with them. Yeah. Well, well, and I will also say that it's also when you get a little full of ourselves, you walk in and children are the great democratic equalizer. (laughs) Totally. you You think you just crushed it. Like, oh my God, what a day. And you come in and like your kids are like, that's the ugliest shirt you've had. Like my kids are like, how much did you pay for that that photograph, mom? You look nothing like that. Oh, and my husband's all, like. We all right? know what an eye roll does, right? Right, right. But let me just say another thing about what you just said also is when people are, let's say, discontent in their relationship, right? Yes. Not, I think we're under the misperception that one one person can be all things to their spouse. Uh-huh. And many times we're expecting our partner to be all things to us, to be our lover, to be our best friend, to read the same books we want, to have the same hobbies, the same have. Yep. No, wrong, false information, right? Yeah. Fake news. You can have your set of friends for golf, football, knitting, whatever it is, right? Nobody will take the place of your the intimate relationship in your marriage, but they can't be everything to you that you need. And I think we need to reset the expectations of what to expect from a marriage and an intimate relationship. I absolutely agree. I think that we need more people to understand that this one person out of the billions of people on this planet can't be responsible for fulfilling all those needs you have and to being, you know, like you said, having the same interest, all the same interest, or we're just not aligned. Again, I think we go back to this idea of let them grow and celebrate their growth and do what they're like. My wife is really into pickleball right now. Awesome. That's great. (laughs) I like it too. It's fine, but she's on a league. Like she's in it. Cool. I don't get jealous when she's going out and hang out. She hates crappy uh movies i love them i love those those fast and furious and stuff like that so i have my best friend steve and i go to movies together like like we it's okay to have those things and i think so many people put all this weight on no it must be we are joined at the hip and that's what true love is and if they want to go and do their thing i i think i don't know for sometimes it can go uh be because of distrust or concern in that manner but man, I think if you have that open communication, then it can change everything. Let's talk about what do you think are the biggest challenges with people when it comes to communication? Because we know communication is the biggest challenge. What is it about communication that people have such a hard time with? Okay. So is it George Bernard Shaw, the comedian said the biggest problem with communication hmm. is the illusion that it's taken place. Oh, interesting. It's the biggest problem. And this is how it shows up. I told you, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. You never told me. Yes, you, no, I didn't. And from their perspective, they're both right. Especially if you're doing what we used to call the Brooklyn intercom across the room or from upstairs <laughs> down. Honey, hey. we're going out tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Like, wait, what? And yeah. I talk about the, um, or, or the not, 
so I say all communication is either going to be successful or a failure based upon the setup of that communication. Mm -hmm. And my example is often if I'm here in my office and I'm working away on whatever, and Shannon just walks in and starts telling me something, right? right? And then I'm like, um, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then she goes, there's yeah. that moment where yeah. I know a week later, she's going like, remember we had that whole conversation? We did not have a conversation about this because right. exactly. it wasn't set up properly. She didn't say, do you have a minute? Can I, you know, let me know when is a good stopping point. It's now a good time. Yeah. Right. And we've really right. worked hard on that, even though we're not excellent at it still, we've worked hard on, Hey, is this okay? Especially if I'm on here or she's reading a book or writing her book, right? You're in the zone. You're in that moment. That's the focus. And, and, and also it's, it's, is now a good time. Is now a like, good time. Is now a good time. And I, I, I share this a lot when we're talking to our children, especially when we're younger, we say to them, look at me, right? We go like this, yes. look me in. And you know why? You know why that's so valuable? Because when you are looking somebody in the eye, it is almost no, from a neuroscience perspective, impossible not to listen to them. Mm. Because the eyes are the window to the soul because it goes to the brain. It makes right. the connection easier. Right. Like if, if I'm looking at you now, it's harder to ignore me. Right. Right. Because you look, it's like I'm boring into you. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you're looking at, well, okay, hon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. We, we, uh, what, what? Oh, good. You, well, there's been so many studies that show that you cannot multitask, no matter how good you think you are. That, although, you know, what? I know that's true, but I got to tell you, uh -huh. when I was raising my kids and working, if I wasn't multitasking, nobody would have eat, ever eaten that horrible meal I made. So the, so what I'm, so there's different <laughs> between multitasking and being really fast at going to different stuff. Okay. Okay. Right. All so right. you're good. You can switch to the, my wife is brilliant at that. She can switch from this to this, 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 this. Yeah. And so it's that running joke, but let me ask you a question. Cause I think this is really crucial to our audience too, is typically you have two types and I'm sure the higher, I know the higher you get in corporations and CEOs and this type of stuff, you probably don't come up against this as much, but in the practices, often you will have one of two situations. Uh, the spouse is involved in the office. Like I have a doctor up in uh, Minnesota. Her husband is involved in like marketing and stuff like that, but he's not in the office every day. Okay. He's not the owner of the, of the practice. Uh, he's an yeah, ancillary and, player. Yeah. And then you have ones who have nothing to do with it whatsoever. Like mm -hmm. they're just, oh, good, honey, go to the office, do your thing. When it comes to the two of those, I think sometimes the challenge can be the balancing the one that is involved inside of the office, especially when it, when you're talking about growth. So a lot of times you'll have a spouse who's involved because of necessity, like, hey, we can't afford to hire a front office person or a treatment coordinator or whatever. But now that we've grown, we do have the money to do that. I don't need you as much. And there can be feelings of, you know, hurt and annoyance, but I'm still a part of this, right? Or I want to have a say. Um, there's a couple of situations that come up with that for me. How do you see that? Uh, well, what, what do you, would you say is like the best way to make those adjustments where necessary as the business is growing so that there doesn't become that hurt and that personal rejection, rejection. Yeah. Around yeah, it. Yeah. 
so so this is I talk about this in the book I, I, because oh. it, it's so common. And as always, yeah, if possible, let's go back to the beginning, meaning hmm. when the person that is not the primary practitioner, we shall say, mm-hmm. brings in their partner, have a very clear conversation on almost as if you're hiring them outside your home, what their very specific role slash job description will be. Yes. Right. So, so you know what? I can't afford a marketer now. And this is, you're really good at this. So let's have you come in. Let's have the goal be to reach X amount of dollars or whatever. When we reach that, Let's see if we can reevaluate what you do for marketing. Perhaps you can learn more social media or let's see what, where, what, where else you can play a valuable role. Nice. Or, hun, do you, do you just want to do this short term? Right. But if you're evolving and growing, there will be a need for more thought. Yeah. Like it, I guess we should even look at that as like, what's the goal is the goal to have you work in the office forever, or is the goal to have you never work at the office again? Or is it to, right. To have you so come it goes back. back like, right. Why are you yeah. coming? It's like any other hire. Yeah. Why are you bringing this person on board? Yeah. And this is where you have to put the real, the marriage aside. And this is now an employer employee arrangement. All right. You just came up with something that was, I think is really hard for so many people. Separating, the, mar- separating the marriage and the business, right. especially when they get home. Cause I talk and if to you so- don't, you'll blow, you may blow up both. Yeah. And that's a hard place, right? Because I talk to so many people who, you know, all we do is talk about our business. Like we get home, it's business. We are in the business, it's business, especially the couples that are still working together in the business, right? Yeah. It's like, it's a constant conversation that it, it feels natural, right? It feels like, well, duh, this is what, this is what we have in common right now. Mm-hmm. How do you, what do you suggest people do who are in that situation of they're not able to talk about other things. It's either like the frustration of the kids or the frustration of the business, or, you know, they're not able to drop the business at the door. So what I tell couples all in practice together, and I'm thinking of a husband and wife dental practice, regular dentistry Mm -hmm. practice is what did you do and talk about before you had kids and before you established a practice, when you would go out on a date, what would connect you? And it might be the dream of one day having it. Yeah. That's probably what I would say. Yeah. But usually you don't spend your entire conversation talking about the dream. Mm. Usually you don't, right? So especially if you have kids and you're running a practice and you're coming home just talking about the practice, time out, big time. Yeah. Don't think your kids don't know what you're prioritizing, mm. right? So there, there's that piece. Um, and then if you really have lost yourself in the kids and the practice, say, okay, The day will come when we won't be working this hard and the kids will be grown. How can we get ready for that now? What can we create? What interests can we spark? What can we experiment with? Whatever that means. Mm. Where does play come into it? Oh, you got to have fun. You've got, 
You've got to have fun. Play, I think play is so important because I think smiling is so important. Look, we all have the same time, same 24 hours in the day. Mm. Let's use COVID as an example, okay? We have all, this is one of the few times in the history of the world where we have all at the same time been faced with the same crisis. Mm-hmm. Sort of kind of really daunting when you think of it this right. way. Right, no, Okay, so look at, yeah, two mindsets. You have people, life through your lemon. Oh my God, woe is me. And the others are making lemonade. Now, I'm not saying you're gonna learn how to play Chopin or you're gonna learn six languages or you're gonna learn how to be an art, right? Some people did. Right. But people maybe used it as an opportunity to to do things that they never had the time for before. So they took this crisis and they made it an opportunity, Mm. whereas other people take the crisis and doom and gloom, doom and gloom. Like it's raining here. I am now in the northeast. Okay, tomorrow, probably sunny. It'll be a good day. I know people. It could be a beautiful day out. You say, oh, my gosh, what a gorgeous day. You know, in three days, it's supposed to rain. Yeah. So you're not even enjoying the moment because you're always focused on this. What could go wrong? Yeah. As opposed to what could go right. And it's a little bit of Dan Sullivan, Ben Hardy's right. The game and the gap. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're not, if everything is work. Okay. So let me go back to my days where, so I actually studied Freud for three years. It's a lot like my Latin like nobody speaks Latin anymore, but it's a great baseline for language. Sure. Right. So when my kids were babies, I went to postgraduate. Nobody speaks Freud anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. They all speak Brooklynese, and um, you know the kids would be sleeping. I can still picture myself folding clothes, reading reading Freud. You know the classics. Now, he was asked throughout his entire life, and look, we we know there's a lot of craziness with him, but he discovered two things: the unconscious, which we never knew before him. Right. We do things for reasons that we don't know. Blind spots, we call them in coaching, right? And um, dreams are the royal road to the unconscious. That's a whole other conversation. Dreams are so important. Wow. Okay. But for throughout his life, he was asked, "What's the meaning of life?" And this was his answer: to work and to play. Now, no, to work and to work and to love. And people misinterpreted the, totally blew that. People misinterpreted the work part, meaning to make money. No, work meant to be a contributing member of society, to give, to to be a give, make, right? Do, do for others. And the to love part, people misinterpreted as sex. No, to love meant relationships to sure. be connected. And part of that is the fun, mm. right? So the, the meaning of life, part of the meaning of life is to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think um, you can see it in couples who are just not having fun in their relationship together anymore. It's interesting. I used to do this. I used to talk about this with couples and it didn't happen every time, but uh, often I would have couples who I'm meeting with maybe for the first time and they're, they're angry or they're bitter or whatever they are. They're just, maybe they're, maybe they're this just um, kind of apathetic about things, but that's, that's the worst. Time. That's the worst one. That's yeah. the worst time. Cause then yeah. they're done. Totally. They don't even have the energy to fight. Yeah. And I say, um, 
I would say to them, I'd get their story, like, tell me your story of when you met and all that stuff and why you decided to get married and all these things. And sometimes, not every time, but sometimes it almost felt like the anger, the frustration, the where they were now was, wasn't who they were, like an act almost. Like, why are you, why are you putting on the act of being angry? Why are you like feeding off of this frustration that you have and not willing to let it go? And it's fascinating how many people would kind of like almost jerk back their head and go, wow, yeah, I don't, I don't know why I'm holding on to this so much. Like, and then like you said, it's the work they have to do with themselves. They're, they're not willing to look in that mirror not willing to have that conversation and uh, realize that the anger, the frustration, the unhappiness isn't about the other person. It's about them. And that's it's so much easier to blame the other. Sure. So at least once a day, no, no joking. I say these two things to somebody. What's the real question? They'll ask me a question, but that's not the real question. Mm-hmm. What's the real question? And the other one is, what's the real issue? Hmm. And you get that pregnant pause, and you know, and you know, you're you're onto something. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Jeez, Louise, we're already an hour into this. This is crazy. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, man, so much good stuff. Now, I want to make sure that I again recognize and tell everybody the book is called "Not Tonight, Dear." I've got a business to run. Uh, enrich your marriage while prospering in your business. I think it's so important, so powerful. Uh, Barbara Cochran gave you a quote on the book. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want everybody to go out and get the book. But I know that we also have uh, some special things for people that we're going to put on the links and the show notes as well. But we're going to talk about them here. Before we get to that, though, I have six questions that I ask every single guest that I would love to ask you. Are you willing to play? Um, real, bring it on. All right. So uh, what do you think is the most expensive thing that small business owners, practice owners are missing inside of their business? The most expensive in terms of money? Yeah. Well, it could be also expensive in the terms okay, of- Okay. I'm going to take a page out of your book, Dino. Okay. They don't have the success squad or the fun factor. So they're not, and it's not really as expensive as they think it's penny wise, pound foolish, Yes. meaning really bring in the balloons, celebrate the team working for you, find a reason to have fun every single day. Love it. So true. So true. Um, Okay. Besides your book, what's a (laughs) book that you believe every business owner should be reading? Every business owner. Gosh, I'm reading so many great ones now. Um, okay. So do I want a classic or do I, I want a new one? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with this. I, I, there's something about, I mean, I love emotional intelligence. I love the, uh, the impossible book. I love Dan Kennedy's books. I love Dan, Har- um, Ben Hardy's books. I, there's oh, yeah. so much I love Cameron Harrell's books. That one, right? Mindset. That's it. Yep. The classic Carol Dweck is actually the person that coined the term mindset. Everybody else is after her. So go, go right to the source. Fascinating. That's great. That's awesome. Love it. Yeah. I I'm a voracious reader. I just love stuff like that. And it's just, uh, I love finding these little tools, little 
snippets that are going to little things that are going to help me in my life and my client's life as well. Well, since you just got done reading it in my book, The Practice Rx, I do talk about. Team oh, that's culture. a great book, by the way. That was a, uh, I love, I'm reading as underlined. Oh, yes, 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 yes. This is exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm a fan of books like that too. When I'm reading, going like, did this person read my book? Like, this is exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah, I yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, well, in that book, I talk about team culture and team performance as the foundation for business growth. What do you see as the biggest challenge when you're talking to your CEOs and your business owners? What is their biggest challenge that they're facing when it comes to their teams and their office culture? Okay. It, and it's also the kiss of death for innovation. Well, that's the way we always do it. That's the way the industry yeah. does it. This won't, this doesn't, for example, well, we're a tax accounting firm. We don't have fun. I'm right. like, no, your competitors don't have fun. This That's is how right. we're going to differentiate you. Yep. So the way true. we've always done it. So true. The way we've always done it. It's that whole... I mean, everybody's heard that whole ham analogy, right? It's like, we just... That's just that is the way we've always done it. Um, you've heard the ham analogy, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, how can listeners reach out to you and connect with you if they're interested in talking with you? Okay. So um, if people would like... and I. And I thank you, Dean, for he just happened to have my book right there. Mm -hmm. If people would like to get um, chapter four of my Not Tonight, Dear, I've Got a Business to Run book, um, Dino, I think, has a link there and they can, you know, fill out the link. And I'm also going to have a start an entrepreneurial couple mastermind group for if you're listening to this podcast, you are the audience for this. So oh, that's you click awesome. on the link, you'll fill it out and my team and I will you know, bet you because we, I'm being, I mean, I'm really nice and really fun, but I'm also like, you make sure you have the right people rowing the boat in the right direction. Yeah. So we want to make sure that this is something that will add value to you and fill out the form. We'll get it. And then we'll give you a call and we can talk. Absolutely. We'll put those in the show notes as well um, to make sure that we get that for you, but that you're done. So tell me just a little bit more about the mastermind. Cause I love this idea. I think oh. people getting together and collaborating and seeing that number one, they're not alone mm -hmm. uh, is so important. Right. Number two, that, that if, if you're willing to play, you're going to get so much more out of understanding other people and seeing what's going on there. I mean, look at, at a very, very minimum, maybe they'll look and be able to like, well, we're in as long as at least we're not as bad as them. Right. <laughs> maybe exactly. that. But it's a very, exactly. very minimum. But well, like, the point uh, of being yeah. able to connect and collaborate is so powerful. And we don't do it enough in couples with connection this way. Right. So tell us a little bit more about it. Well, look, entrepreneurs and small business owners, we're different, yes. right? Like we, we look at the world through a different lens. So we, we have different challenges in our, all our relationships. Yep. So there's mastermind groups for couples, you know, romantic couples, and there's Lord knows plenty of mastermind groups for businesses and business leaders and business owners. So this brings, this marries, pun intended, my two areas of expertise, mm. business and marriage. Yes. So you come to this with a group of people that have similar, if not exactly the same challenges of, and struggles, and you will feel that you are a part of something where other people get it, just like you said. And then we all learn and grow from each other. It is amazing what happens when you put a group of kind, genuine, smart people in a room together 
and learn from each other. It's just, it's mind blowing. And the support and the sense of community that I don't think is really offered out there. So I'm like, why not me? Yeah, absolutely. Why not you? Um, is there also, you have uh, your own website though, besides the link oh, we're going to put do, up there. I do. Have, it's, it's like everything else. It's a work in progress, right? So I don't even know what stage is up, but it's drpattyann.com. Mm-hmm. So check that out. I'm on LinkedIn, Dr. Patty Ann Tublin. And I almost forgot because I'm launching my podcast. Oh, cool. If people would like to subscribe to my podcast. It's called The Trust Doctor. Restoring trust and enriching significant relationships. And Dino was a guest on it. I haven't launched it. Well, are you a guest? I I, I will. I am. I'm an upcoming guest. You an upcoming upcoming guest. guest, You know what? We've had so many great conversations. Yeah. Um, So I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Very cool. Well, very great. Yeah. I highly recommend everybody go out and check that out. Go to, go to the website, uh, click on the link. If you're watching this on YouTube and you can see it underneath here and on the show notes is so important there. Okay. So question number five is, okay. this is a hard one because there's so much I know, but you're just gonna have to do top of your mind. What's the best advice that you've ever received in life or in business? Oh, the be- top of mind. I uh, can't, obviously I'm not being top of mind. The best, <laughs> you know, this is what's coming to mind as someone that's passionate about their work. At the end of your life, nobody will ever say, I wish I worked more. Mm. True. Um, I used to, in the end of my, at the end of my programs, I used to do live events. I would say, you know, you're imagine yourself on your deathbed. If you're lucky enough to be able to be on the deathbed and have people around you, the only thing that's going to matter to you are the, are the pair of eyes that are staring back at you. Exactly. Yeah. So true. Okay. Last question. What is the best resource or tool that every private practice owner should be using to grow their practice or business? Anything on emotional intelligence. Yes. Hands down. Right. No brainer. Like I said, I don't know how to pull tooth. I don't know how to put on braces. Doesn't matter. Don't need to. Emotional intelligence. You will keep patience. You will grow your business. You won't get reported to the board. I could go on and on and on. Yeah. Very, very, very true. Wow. Well, Patty Ann, this has been an hour of amazing information and I knew it would be, and I'm so grateful that we're able to get this on the schedule and share your expertise and your intelligence with everybody else out there. It just actually, even more so than that, your passion with people out there. I really, really appreciate that. Thanks for being a part of the show. Oh, I, this has been so much fun. This is such an honor and and a privilege. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I, I'm, I'm excited to listen. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. Everybody, please go visit Patty Ann to Tublin. Uh, t- Sorry, I want to say Tublin, but it's Tublin like Dublin. Dublin with a T. Exactly. That's and there's only one family of Tublins and they're all connected to my husband's Are family. you kidding me? Nope. They're wow. all from a town. We used to think Russia, but now with, what is it? 23 and me. Now we know it's the Ukraine, but 
It's all the same, depending upon who invaded them when. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm grateful for them for passing it all the way down and getting us to this day today. today. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. And everyone, that's uh, it for another episode of the ProPro Network. I wanted to thank you again for all of those that are sharing this show with their friends and their colleagues out there. It really does mean a lot. Remember that our goal here always on the show is to help you be more proactive, productive, and profitable in all areas of your life and business. We'll see you on the next episode, everybody. Thanks so much again for listening to the ProPreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.